God of the universe, maker of the stars, who am I? And it is live, Life on Purpose, episode number 14 with Ryan Cribs. Yes, he has hair. <laughs> David Covert, Daniel Clayton, and myself, Mike Clayton. And uh, yeah, I mean, if, for those of you that have never seen Ryan without a hat, uh, this is what it looks like. Hey, Ryan, how are you, man? I actually had to pay him to do that. Just... I know, right? Yeah, yeah. You can. I'll take the twenty dollars via PayPal, please. Yeah. Okay, got it. No, yeah, he was paying it. me to do that. Oh, <laughs> I see how it is. Oh, how oh, that's gonna work? <laughs> mm, it was thirty. Thirty. Uh, mm. Okay, I got you. Yeah, he charged interest on that one. <laughs> got you. Dang. Well, I'm oh, in need no. of a haircut, but here I am. Mm-hmm. Here we all are. Here, we, here made we, are. we made it. Here to we made it. Is it? And exactly. hey, you know, there's a rumor going around. I don't know if you guys have. Uh, you guys have probably heard this rumor, but in two weeks we're going to be face to face without yeah. Zoom. Without That's Zoom. right. Thank God. That's right. That rumor is true. Yes. It's going to be cool. It's right here in Blue Ridge. It's going to be a lot of fun. Actually, right. it's going to be right outside from where uh, I'm sitting right now. So, are we going to know cool. how to interact still, like in person? I don't gonna, know. Is it going to work out? Know. It, it might be tough. Bring our laptops and just kind of sit in a circle there. Well, we, we, can, all, we can all have headsets on. There you go. Yes. That'll work. That'll work. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, then we can do that. That'll be a lot of fun. We're really excited. We're looking forward to And then, uh, uh, whoever's going to be here, it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. Cause I know that's going to drop like every other time he's done it before. It's amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We are looking forward to it. So we're doing a young adult and uh, youth kind of meeting in Blue Ridge, Georgia. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know how to get an invite, how, how people could get an invitation to that, but you mm -hmm. know, maybe they could send yeah, an we'll email to, to somebody. Yeah. We'll make sure that on life on purpose or the group, we'll make sure that we'll have some sort of way that you can, get a link you can see where it yes. is location time all that good stuff okay we'll figure uh, that out. quick plug actually as well uh, if you haven't already follow our exodus road band facebook page as well and we can put a link on there as well mm -hmm. there you go yep that'd be the easiest way probably okay probably. that yes. would work so and, and people should be following exodus road band anyway true yeah, that's true thank you yeah. thank you mike yes <laughs> i mean it just just is something that people should be doing so you know, Should kind of be. like joining, you know, signing up for join to a shim newsletter or something like that. You know, th those would be things right. that just the, the, the normal person of life would do these things. No, that's normal. right. And, and if they haven't yet, they need to. Yes. Yeah. Well, actually no the normal repent. people would not, but the peculiar people. Oh, um, they would. I see what we do. Mm, yeah. Yes. Because yeah, we don't like to hang out with people that are boring, right? That's exactly. right. <laughs> exactly. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's how we hang together. Yeah. <laughs> but in any case if you're listening here we would love to see you there so yes. yeah and, unless you're one of those people that's taken the word peculiar to a new level then eh, we well, don't know i mean we could see. probably help you at that yeah. point we we yeah. can help yeah if you think deodorant is a sin maybe stay virtual no <laughs> <laughs> you heard it first right here <laughs> oh, yes. purpose. oh boy oh boy <laughs>
Um, that's a wrap. We'll uh, we'll see you guys next week. <laughs> next week, there yeah. we go. I'm gonna and have uh, all the uh, the non deodorant denomination people mad at me now. Yeah, <laughs> if, yeah. We're gonna get some the, emails. If you think that buying your deodorant at Idolatry, Tree, mm. uh, see, oh, Mike's got the jokes. Yeah, for 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 those for those who don't know, a uh, Dollar Tree, Dollar Tree, a uh, Dollar and Tree. That might just be a form of the tree of good and evil. And it might be. Mm. That's why they just keep springing forth like they do. That's why we're getting, nowhere. Yeah, we're getting deep here. This we, is yeah. Yeah, we, we should probably getting... shallow up a little bit. This. Uh, yeah, I'm glad we're talking about the important topics. <laughs> the important yeah. topics. Yeah. Well, hey, speaking of that, let's go to one. All right. Let's so do it. yeah, it, we've been walking through all this stuff, and you know, we kind of build this program on uh, scriptural concepts and using Bible verses and, and things like that in here. Guys, are, are we really saying that we're crazy enough to believe that this book is true? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wait, did, did somebody say it wasn't true? <laughs> well, yeah, I've, I've kind of, I've, I've heard some people say it. Yeah, I'm, I'm just messing around. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I've, I've heard some people say that it was just written by a bunch of men, and it's a patriarchal book. We're also yeah. going there. You, usually those people that have uh, say that it's not true are people that are so open-minded, their brains have fallen out. But, you know, that's a subject. Mm-hmm. That's another <laughs> one, for sure. Okay, all kidding aside, why right. do you think this book is true? Okay, I, I'm holding this this book right here, okay? Why do you believe this is true? Hmm. Well, um, I'm sure we could go into about a thousand different things, but the first one that comes to mind is just the analogy of how if you are not a believer, if you do not believe that you know god is who he says he is if yeshua is who he says he is and who god says he is then the bible is like reading someone else's mail mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know if you kind of take that analogy a little further you can kind of paint this picture of like okay maybe you're you're walking down the road and you stumble upon a letter and the letter is addressed to to someone you don't know and from someone you don't know Maybe the letter's already open, you know, maybe it's kind of poking out and, you know, for some reason you decide that you kind of want to crack that thing open, you know, curiosity killed the cat. And so you open that thing and you start reading it. And maybe you're reading stuff in there that, you know, feels like it's, you know, addressed to someone else. Maybe some of it's private, maybe some of it's um, some interesting truths that challenge you and you're just kind of left in this place. But in the, at the end of the day, you have no contextual idea of what is going on in that letter because you Mm. don't know who wrote it. You don't know who it was written to, and you Mm. don't understand the content because you are not involved in the context of it. And so, but when you know the creator and when you know Yeshua, it doesn't even have to have the, um, you know, the return address, like, you know, who it's from. Like mm-hmm. you read it and you know the one who wrote it. And so there's just a deep knowing, you know, one of the, one of my favorite um, analogies as far as like, you know, is God real? Is it, you know, let's, let's picture a, 
a believer and an atheist sitting next to each other. And the believer says to the atheist, like, are you willing to admit that there is a possibility, just a possibility that you are wrong? And the atheist says, you know what? Sure. I'll say that there's a possibility that I'm wrong. And the atheist says to the believer, he's like, do you acknowledge that you could be wrong? And the believer's like, absolutely not. There's no way. You know, what if I asked you to believe, uh, you know, what if I asked you, you know, you're married, that, you know, maybe there's a chance your wife isn't real. You would say, no, that's ridiculous because I know her, you know, mm -hmm. I have, I have had, you know, intimate relation with her, you know, all this kind of stuff. Like I've looked her in the face. We have spoken, you know, there's just a degree of, I'm not willing to back down on this because it's a fact that I know. And so, you know, I think the same concept just applies to the scripture where when you have a relationship with someone and you know them, then you, it just goes beyond what you are able to explain. Okay. I like that analogy, Daniel. Yeah, that's solid. So you started off sort of with a question and it, it came up because in this day and time, I'm making some notes over here. Uh, in this day and time, uh, we always hear people say, well, I'm doing this because this is my truth. Mm -hmm. So in asking about whether the Bible is true or not, you first have to do, establish what is truth, mm -hmm. which can be difficult to do out of the context of the guidelines of the scripture. Mm -hmm. Because it says that God's word is truth. Okay. So if we're establishing it from that fact, and we then believe that the Bible is God's word, it in itself has declared itself to be truth. So, so, so Ryan, let, let me run with this thing for just a second. If someone says to you, well, I have my truth. But if, are you, are you saying to me that you believe that if a person says that they have a truth, but that truth does not line up with what we see as truth in the scripture, then their truth is a lie? That is correct. It's a pretty stout statement now. It is, especially in this day and age. Yeah, especially now. So if the scripture is not our foundation, then we can pretty much come up with anything we want and everybody is right and you can be whatever you want. You can identify as however you want to identify and it just kind of goes on from there. Yes, that's exactly right. Maybe like even you're your own God at that point. Now, there you go, David. Yep. Mm -hmm. I wanted to tie in like that idea. I think, Ryan, like what you're saying, like I was paused for a second. Again, like it's from hearing, like I think you heard a lot of our testimonies, guys, when you uh, listen to our other podcasts. A lot of us have just, we've grown up in this. A lot of times it's like, oh, I'm trying to remember a life when I didn't treat the scripture like it was truth. I'm trying to remember mm -hmm. that. It was, a, it was a while. There was a point in my life where I did. And uh, guess what? I came back to it. And I ended up realizing that once you go away from it, you 
think that you can figure things out on your own, or you think you can read other works that other people say is true. And well, this is how I found my truth, like to take off of what Daniel and Ryan were saying, to take off what my truth, I'm trying to identify, figure out my truth. You find out they're wrong. And you're like, wow. And every time consistently, the Bible's been right. And how many times have I read, especially the Torah portions, every single week, a few chapters of Torah, like Genesis through Deuteronomy, a few chapters. And for whatever reason, every time I read it, there's always something new I never saw before. And it's like, what? I've read this for years and years and years. And I've read it over and over and over again. It's not just a words on a paper, like with like the analogy of the letter laying on the side of the road. It isn't just that. It's like it continues to transform, even though it's the same thing over and over again. But it's that revelation behind it has always fascinated me. It'd be one verse that I've always just read by and just never thought anything of it. And then someone comes along and extrapolates that sentence and makes you go, wait a minute, I never realized that. Mm-hmm. And every time we've done these, I've, I've gone through these tour portions, and I don't know if you guys are the same way. It seems like there's always a phrase, a verse, or the message, the, uh, yeah. the, the archetype, the story always relates to something I'm going through during that week. Mm-hmm. It's even got to the point, the pattern has been established over and over and over again that no other book has done. No other book has done yeah. this. But now it's gotten to a point where if I'm struggling with something through the week, I just open up the tour portion for that week just to see if it just has something of a nugget to speak into the situation that I'm in at that moment. And you know what? It's been pretty accurate. It's been pretty crazy. So it's, it's been that, that alone could be a great topic just to go off on its own right there, but it's been amazing. So I, I wanted to speak to that, like how incredible that has been, how it doesn't just stay stagnant. If you treat it like it's written to you, it continues to deliver and deliver and deliver every time so you can't speak against that when i can see it with my own eyes and my ears how the pattern continues to reestablish itself over and over again i can't help but notice that so so would you say david that if there is doubt in the word that one could ask the author to prove it Mm, that's cool or the, and if the author is God, would he not be faithful to prove its truth to you? To give you the understanding to see maybe where the context was missing or to understand maybe a certain point that wasn't absolutely, or even to hand deliver the message to you? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. That's such a good point because, you know, to some extent, you know, not a single one of us could ever prove to someone that the Bible is true. And that it is God's word because it's to some extent it's it, it does have to be God that opens the eyes and that the spirit that prompts people and leads people, True. you know. And you know, Dad, you've said many times, and I use this all the time, that your desire will drive your interpretation. If your desire is toward one of of atheism or believing that God doesn't have an interest in us, then you know that desire will form and you know steer your interpretation toward believing that the bible's not true you know all these in that all these kind of things and so you know i just i, I really like that point that you know the whole you know my truth thing you know it's so true everybody ha- does have their own truth these days and you know but we have to kind of we have to pull this out of 
the factual logic at some point and understand what you're saying, David. And it's that, that is that, you know, this is a living, breathing book, a living, breathing book written by a God who is living and breathing today. Like he is alive and it continues to flow and it never stagnates. Like any, any event that's happened on earth, like a book that's written, you know, you can read, you can read any other book. You can read it maybe 10, 20 times and you're going to get everything that book has to offer. You're going to know at, you know, at some point, if you read it enough, you're going to be able to predict every single line. And that's just not the case with the scriptures. That's not the case with the Bible. You know, like you're saying, there's just something so fresh every single time and relevant because it's written by a loving God who has a message to deliver and a word to deliver to his people who are following him through it when they are faithful to open it. Well, I think there, yeah. to me, that's a, it's a concept. I've read you know a lot of books in my life. Uh, I've given away libraries full of books uh through the through all these years but uh the scripture i i have a hard time giving away a, a bible i have a collection daniel knows i have a collection of bibles that people have given me that uh are literally in boxes i mean but i don't it's like what do you do with with this because there's a reverence regarding this book um now i grew up personally not having a question. Uh, growing up Southern Baptist, <laughs> you know, you, you never even asked the question whether the scripture was true or not. Uh, mm. There did come a point in my life that it had to become my truth, not just someone else's truth. Mm. But what I've found along the way in reading scripture, and I've gone through, you know, the the Torah portions oh, over 20 times, uh, I'm reading the book of John again. I don't know how many times I've done this. You know, I've read every word in this book multiple times. Why? Because it's not just that I'm reading the book. The book is reading me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Reading and be having that conviction hit or reading and, oh, that makes sense now. And it seemed to tie the correlation between other things. That's always something that's always given that fresh outlook. You know, you you have a, that was an interesting point you brought, Mike, about you have a collection of Bibles. I mean, we've traveled when we've gone as the Exodus road band in our trailer and hope that we're not the Exodus side of the road band and we're traveling along. And we have I've been on the side of the road with your band. Yes, you yes. have. Yes, you have. That be that could be a wonderful time too to have a talk all about these yeah. escapades and things we did. But we actually had we started collect taking Bibles with us. Not every time do they get taken out though, which is always fascinating to me. Is like how many? I've almost wondered if it's a um, in order for because that's that's also something you talked about that Baptist thing, and this is how it ties together that. When you were in that denomination, how much you weren't allowed to say, well, is the Bible true? But especially when you're growing up in this, sometimes, especially in our Western mindset, we like to question things. And I would like to encourage if you have that question, that's okay. Mm -hmm. Everyone has that question. Everyone has that question. So now let's explore and let's go after it. Uh, don't don't listen. Or like what the, that's the that's the thing that I remember trying to do was well, is this really true? And then seeking Western ideas and Greek ideas and trying to look in and dig into seeing if it was really true or not and filling my head with all this kind of stuff that was just taking it from another perspective. So again, I would recommend 
talk to somebody that you can actually have this conversation with mm-hmm. and can bring some truth to you because sometimes it's it's more due to you're being angry with other people and it's not has nothing to do with the bible it's more that you're angry with so so and so and so so say all that that the scripture being passed out it's it's been fascinating like you brought that up about how you have those and you have lots of different translations and somehow those don't really get passed out that much is I, I definitely was convicted that time when you talked about you need to have your own hard copy because that's something you can pass on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's amazing how much people, they just, oh, well, I have got it on my phone or, ah, I don't need that. And they almost don't want it. That's what's kind of, is actually fascinating. Even when people don't have one, they're like, nah, I don't want it. it was, it's just something that is like, wow. You remind yeah. me of a, of a joke, David, uh, with that where you know somebody was asked do you believe in the bible and they said no people that believe in that are just a bunch of hypocrites and the reply was well i don't believe in the gym either because everybody there is fat you got a point mm. man that's that's you why know, i go to health food stores a lot because people there don't look healthy yeah <laughs> you know um Good i think point. another aspect of this we can look at is you know, if you look at the content of the Bible and, you know, the, the cultures that you see there, you know, we'll just, we'll just pick the culture of Judaism to, um, you know, just because it's one of the most, if not the most prominent culture that we can kind of examine today versus then. And you look at that and the Judaism that you see today is very similar to the Judaism that was 2000 years ago which was very similar to the Judaism that was, you know, however many years prior to that, you know, hundreds, if not, you know, I, I'm not sure between, you know, uh, you know, around the turn of the, you know, from BC to AD or whatever, mm-hmm. however, you, however you say it, you know, from then back to the Babylonian exile, you know, Judaism has been consistent. And I would challenge anyone to find another culture, another people group that you can identify the people the language and the land all being in the same place today. And I would challenge people because I don't think it's, I don't think you can find it like the Roman empire, which was one of the biggest empires to ever be on the planet. You know, it's not, there is no, like, you know, there's no correlation like there is with Judaism or the Jewish people where you can just compare back then to right now, you know, it just doesn't, it's not the same, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Hebrew language was almost wiped out, you know, it was almost completely forgotten. And, and yet here it stands today. And so, you know, there is a, there is a historical evidence that you can use. That's pretty amazing just to look at, you know, some of the settings, the places, the language, the peoples that you read throughout the Bible and still see today. That is a historical evidence for sure um you know and it's a very interesting one because and another thing I, what i like to do is um you know i'm just gonna use a really really bad example on purpose <laughs> so back in my video game days um you know one thing about video games is that you always know you're going in the right direction progressing in the storyline if you find the bad guys if there's no bad guys around you you're not yeah. going the right direction and so, you know, th- there's just this concept where, you know, if I in my life am hitting um, attacks or uh, resistance, I know I'm going the right direction because that means that there's somewhere I'm supposed to be that the enemy doesn't want me to be. 
And the same stands true for what what is what are, what are the most contested things in the world right now? Like the Bible and the land of Israel and those kind of things. You know, the enemy has pressing so hard. There's so much controversy over the Bible more than any other book in history. And that should tell you something. That should really tell you something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very, it, it should. I mean, because l- let's look at, at that aspect of it. Um, so a couple of fun facts. The scripture, as we see it today, the 66 books, and we could go into uh, how the numbers of books have changed because originally there was first and second Kings was just Kings and Chronicles was just Chronicles. And it used to be 49, now it's 66. Okay. But, it, but the textual is, is, is stayed the same in that. Um, there's been a number of different things that, you know, we could go into there, but basically it comes down to this, the, the scripture that we have that I'm, that I'm holding here, uh, currently has 66 books, and um, it was written by at least 35 different authors over a period of at least 1,500 years. So 35 authors over 1,500 years, most of those authors not knowing each other, but came to the same conclusions, the same prophecies, the same things that would happen, everything lining up. Um you know, you look at that statistically, it's beyond impossible mm-hmm. that, that something like that could happen yeah. um, to, and Daniel, you, you brought up Israel, of course, uh, scripture says, can a nation be born in a day? Well, for 1700 years, there were Christian theologians that said, well, you know, God has done away with the Jews. <laughs> really? Uh, go to Israel. I was just there. There's a whole bunch of them right now. They're because uh, it's called Israel, and this is a Jewish nation. So yes, a nation could be born in a day. It was May 14th, 1948. Uh, it says, I will restore a, a language. And you're right, the Hebrew language was almost almost wiped out. And now it is spoken, and st- it is spoken literally all over the world, studied all over the world. I was studying it this morning. Um all of these things, and then we take it to the the concept of um, of Yeshua. That there are over three hundred prophecies about a coming Messiah. Over three hundred, and so some people say as many as four hundred prophecies about a coming Messiah that um, point to a person being born in Bethlehem, going hmm. to Egypt being raised here. I mean, it, it, it was, it's like, you know, a thousand years ago, somebody saying, you know, I, I think there's going to be this guy named Ryan and uh, he's going to be born here. Then he's going to go move to Georgia. He's going to marry a girl named Brooke and he's going to work for a, uh, an architectural design company uh, designing houses on computers. The only problem is computers had not been invented yet when you're saying all those things. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I have a, an image here. I don't know. Mike, do you have a way of turning on uh, screen sharing? I could share this screen. I don't know. No, I can only <laughs> share my screen, I think. Okay, I got you. I got you. Y'all can look it up if you Google. Um, anybody that's listening, image of correlations in scripture. Okay. And you'll see this giant like line rainbow, rainbow thing come mm-hmm. up. 
Oh yeah. And it yeah. is amazing where they literally drew a line from, you know, and there's a line down the middle, Old Testament and New Testament. So it's, you know, from the beginning to all the way to the end, Genesis to Revelation, or, uh, you know, uh, table of contents to <laughs> word search, you know, to maps, you know. Yeah. Uh, it, everything. I mean, thousands and thousands and thousands of correlations just between those books. And it, you say, you know, 35 authors, right? Yeah, about 35, 35 to 40, depending on who you talk to. Over 1,500 years? Yeah. Explain to me how that happens. Well, Without... it just did. See, That's right. Ryan, what you don't understand is that when there was a big bang and it produced <laughs> gases that produced right. a slime We're... pond that a frog walked out of, and that became a human. Yeah, it was all just chance. It was all yes. just chance. Yeah, here, there it is. It's 63,779 cross-references. Wow. I've got a picture of that somewhere. I don't know where it's at on my computer, so. Yeah, it's almost beautiful enough. You just want to hang it up on, a, on your wall. It's, oh, yeah. It's pretty crazy. It really is. Yeah, yeah. It looks like this beautiful rainbow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, or, you know, I was just going to say, like, you know, it's just one of those things that, you know, skeptics will be skeptics and cynics will be cynics. And, you know, just, just remembering that it's not our job to, it's not our job to change everyone's mind because, mm -hmm. you know, people will believe what people will believe. Um, but just, just seeing these for ourselves and letting it increase our awe in the father and letting that awe spread to those that's what, that's what really changes people is when they see people who believe something to be true and it's their life. It's not just what they read. It's not just like, you know, what they say, but it's their life. You know, that is really what shows people that it's an alive book and not a dead book is when you live what you, what you say and you live what you read. That's right. And see, I guess here's the problem guys that there are people that don't want the scripture to be real because if the scripture is real, then that means that there is a creator behind the scripture who has invested himself into human being, not only created them, but invested himself into, and therefore I may be responsible to him. And if I'm living David, as you said, as my own God, I don't really want to change God's. Mm -hmm. That's that's, right. and that's I, I would say like the, like what you're saying right there is what, where, where does people come with the idea that they want to go? They want to start attacking the scripture and start uh, invalidating the scripture. Almost always it's trying to disprove a human being, a person. It's almost always correlated with that. I've talked with many young people and they kind of wanted to, they want to write the Bible off because parents did such and such pastor did such and such. Oh, this, these, these group of people out here in the middle of nowhere believe a certain way. So thus the Bible can't be true. It's like, but you're, you're taking from those examples. You like, you're, you're kind of bringing very weak arguments just to justify you now going and saying, the Bible does not exist. The Bible is not real. It is. And, oh, let's believe in the argument you brought up that everything's by chance and that this is chance and this is chance. But if you were clearly just to look at from that perspective alone, right, just 
from a chance perspective, how is it that then the scripture is able to bring up these patterns that we see every single day? Sowing and reaping are things that like kings try to figure out and they try to make better, uh, try to make their nations better, right? They try to do all these things to make their nations grow and be more prosperous. And if they just looked in the scripture, they see these things, the simple thing of do righteousness and justice. Just that alone will, that, that is such a huge nugget that a lot of people do not see and that people forget and they try to go away with and try to pervert justice, try to pervert uh, giving, uh, doing righteous deeds and keeping justice, like actually having right rulings and whatnot. You see that civilization fall apart. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Like it's really, they can correlate to the Roman empire falling as quickly as it did because of how everyone wanted to accept their own truth, right? That is unbelievable. And how much we can see that even today, looking at other countries and fortunately even look at our own country and mm-hmm. we can see how we're seeing like we're running towards the paths of mm-hmm. former civilizations. And it's like, what are, what are we doing this? And then if you're grounded in this, that's the cool part about this whole thing is the, your community, city, nation, well, I'll say one thing, do one thing. You read somewhere that you're not supposed to do that. So you start doing the opposite. And for whatever reason, you have peace when everyone else is, is terrified, scared out of their mind, mm-hmm. but you're at peace. Like, no, this is, this is no big deal. Mm-hmm. That peace alone is I've gotten older. And I'm wanting to speak to, if there's anyone younger listening, you might have, you know, peace because you live within your parents' household and you haven't really seen a lot of things or maybe... Maybe you have experience, but no peace is like. There's a peace that comes from knowing that your foundations of the word to use. I think what Daniel's talk about that foundation in the word. When your foundation is the word and the word is truth, there's a peace that comes along with that. Can it also be uncomfortable? I guarantee it's going to be uncomfortable. I think every single one of us has been uncomfortable with verses in the scripture in our lifetime. We have absolutely been that way. It's supposed to be that way. It has yeah. to be, it has to challenge you. That's why there's a, that, Iron sharpens iron. You have to read and you have to, uh, I don't think anyone does martial arts, but you hear from people that do martial arts. They learn from other people as they're fighting each other. Mm-hmm. Tactics, strategies, patterns. That's what the Bible's doing to you. Learning how to overcome things and you're, the spirit in the, in the word, that truth that's there will help convict you, will help you see things. Sometimes you just need to, what Mike has said numerous times, and I truly changed the way my outlook of the Bible. And I want to tell all those listening, if you're not reading the word, like it's written to you, reading somebody else's mail, that totally, totally made me do a, like made me relook at the Bible in a whole different way. Made me realize it was really, really was meant for me, not and just I, for others. You know, and I think that, um, you know, the, you know, I, I don't know, you know, just historically who was the main proponent to push this idea, but, you know, like the, the idea of the God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament, you know, I think that was kind of a, yeah, yeah. So early, early church father kind of thing. Um, you know, that really did a number on people connecting with God in a more personal way. It's like, not only is it separating God, but it's it's pushing this this God over here of the Old Testament as one, you know, of like judgment and harshness and all this kind of thing. And then over here in the, in the New Testament, he's love. And, but, but people are now seeing that as like, 
well, it's kind of empty and lacking substance. You know, it's just a love that's kind of like, ah, fluffy and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so, but when you realize that not only is it the same God that is the God of the whole thing, but that he is, his first attribute is merciful and compassionate, you know, slow to anger and rich in grace. You know, that is the God of the entire Bible. And he doesn't just command us to do things because he likes to have power over us. Like, that's not why, you know, the Bible is an instruction manual to have a good life. When you realize that, you know, the the commandments about kosher aren't just so that he can test us to see if we're going to obey him or not. Like, you know, that's part of it, you know, just to, to follow him, but it's also for health. Like, you know, if you look at, you know, the health benefits of a pig, you're not going to find any because, you know, they are very (laughs) infested with all sorts of nasty things, you know, when Mm -hmm. you compare it to beef, you know, that kind of thing. You know, when you look at the commandment to rest on Shabbat, it's not just so that we can have to obey him as the, as you know, he is the master, he's the king, you're going to obey me. It's so that we can have rest. Like, you know, we talked about that the other week, you know, all these commandments, there's a reason behind them that makes your life better. It's not just a, you know, judgmental God who wants to, you know, crack you into shape, that kind of thing. It's a loving father who has given you everything you need to have a good life, to have peace in the midst of suffering, to have peace in the midst of chaos. Like that is the purpose of us following him in the Bible. And everybody on this planet longs for peace. Everyone wants to have peace in their mind and their hearts and calmness in the midst of when they feel like they should be anxious and all this kind of stuff. And so that is what the Bible brings because it's a living, breathing thing from a living, breathing God. And that is the purpose behind it is to have that one of the purposes behind it, I'll say, is to live a good life. No, that's very good. And it's funny this day and age too, like, you know, people don't bat an eye at buying a TV and it comes with an instruction manual or buying a car and it comes with a maintenance manual, or, you know, and they'll follow what mm-hmm. it says. Cause I, I, I have to keep up the health of this item that I've, I've you know purchased for a great cost. Wait a mm-hmm. minute. The Bible mm-hmm. says we were purchased mm-hmm. at a great cost. Ooh. And we come with a manual to make sure that we, like you said, live a fulfilled life to its fullest, a life you might say on purpose. Um, <laughs> you might say that somebody ought to do a program and name it that or something. I know, I know that sounds like a good program title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would listen to that. Well, you know, th- this brings me to another point of, you know, what about Messiah? I mean, there are those that say that Yeshua is just a good man. Uh, I talked about this on on our Shabbat service uh, that he's just a good man. He was a prophet. He was a good teacher, but he declared himself to be. God manifested upon this earth. And and this is what you read the gospels, especially in the book of of John. He said, I I and the father are one. Uh, Before Abraham was, I am. He made statements like this, which means he's kind of, um, he's taken himself out of the running for being a a prophet, a good man, Mm -hmm. a good teacher, because to make, um to make statements like that he's either a liar a lunatic or he is who he says he is Mm -hmm. and you know there's the other aspect of this that Mm -hmm. um and this is the the message i told on shabbat 
the, the scripture is to be, yes, I know it says to study. Okay. It says study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman, uh, worthy of, of his calling. Um, I, I understand that. And the scripture has wonderful things as, as far as educating us on health benefits such as kosher and on how, you know, we should take a day off and rest such as Shabbat and all these things. Yes. But the scripture the reason I know that this book is true, it is, and I have had, in the midst of this book, I've had an encounter mm -hmm. with a revelation of the creator of the universe that breathed life into me, mm -hmm. period. Yeah. Mm. Let me jump on that, too, because that, that whole Messiah thing, that's like the culmination, right? Mm -hmm. If you're going to... Uh, Say, all right, this word, I'm going to try to do as much as what this says. That's really the definition of Christian, right? That's really the definition to be Christ-like, to be just like him. And if you want to be just like him, you adopt this, you can realize that all the stuff he went through, because he was God in human form on this earth. And that's, of course, now we have lots of topics and debates about that. But let's, for this sake right here, we're just going to talk about it from this perspective. God comes on earth as a human being, as man. That means everything he went through, he went through all the same things that, he, that you're currently going through, mm -hmm. all the same things. And he overcame every single one of those, including being tested, even have, being promised to be ruler of all kingdoms. Like, I know that there's quite a few that even I know that even walk in this faith that that might be tough being offered that in a... Uh, in a way, right? If you think about it, to be offered like that, but to be able to overcome simply from words directly quoted out of scripture, you use scripture right away to go against the accuser. Because mm -hmm. you're always going to have moments where the accuser is going to, what would you say? What was the best word for that? Uh, maybe prompt or offer, offer you something really amazing. And I was tempted by that. And I think quite a few of you have probably been tempted by that as well. An offer that looks very appealing, will make you feel very comfortable, will make you feel like life is going to be very easy if you accept this offer. But there's something nagging at you from the scripture, just coming out of you like there's something wrong about this. So we see Messiah doing. He easily, easily is able to see where he already knows the end from it, if you think about it, because the word talks about the end. He talked about all this stuff isn't going to matter. All this stuff, the kingdoms, all that stuff, he knew that that doesn't matter. Serving his father, that was the whole sole purpose he was here to do. And it's really what our purpose is too, if you get into it. There's a job in place for each and every one of us. Mm -hmm. It's to serve him though. And what does he have for us to do? Because like a good servant, you have a job to do. He fulfilled his job perfectly, executed it perfectly. And we all would like to strive for that level of being able to execute on that level. And we can, if we keep using the, is the word is our, uh, uh, what would you say? Atlas, our compass, everything. And every decision, we could just go right back to it. Say, is this right or is this not? And I love that you brought Messiah because if you don't see the Messiah through scripture, all right, you got to put another pair of reading glasses on because he's there all throughout. He's all over it. And then you'll see how much he's been that to you. He's been a Messiah in your life throughout your entire life. 
I challenge you, if you think that you've never seen Messiah in your life, I strongly urge you to relook again because I guarantee he has been in your life numerous occasions. Just you might not have seen how he moved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love this. I love the 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 uh, phrase of uh, one of Barry Phillips' songs. Uh, it's hard to see when you close your eyes. <laughs> and I That's think, uh, you know, part of this, again, just kind of stepping out of the, you know, trying to prove it you know, to, to someone who's not going to be proven to, you mm-hmm. know, and just taking, taking it on a personal note, you know, um, I, as a human am unable to figure out on my own, what is right and what is wrong. Like we are too all over the place for that. <clears throat> That's why you have people finding their own truths, because, mm-hmm. you know, that if you have no absolute, if you have no foundation, then this person is going to come to a completely different definition of what is right and wrong than this person over here. And so I am unable to distinguish and to create that right and wrong. I am also unable, as Paul says, to always do the things that I want to do. And I'm very able to do the things that I don't want to do, you know, <laughs> like that constant battle with the flesh. Meddling. And so you have this, you have this person like me, like you, like you, like you, you know, and every single one of you listening, we can't choose, we can't create right and wrong. And we have a hard time doing right when we know it to be right. And we, we know it to be wrong. We face face with those things. And it takes you to your knees because you realize like, I, I can operate in myself through this life in an effective way because of how many shortcomings I have as a human. And so it brings you to your knees, just knowing that like how helpless you really are, you know, how hopeless in the moments of anxiety and all these things of, you know, of darkness, you know, there's just, it's just helpless. And so you're on your knees and you realize, okay, there's a God and he is up there on his majestic throne surrounded by angels and all this kind of stuff and they bow before him day and night and sing holy 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 24 7 except there's no time up there so it's not really 24 7 you know (laughs) and and but he seems so far away and so you sink to your face and it's just this progression of like how on earth can i function in this life knowing that i'm incapable and knowing that he's so far away and so there you are on your face and then in walks an intercessor, someone who lifts up your head and says, he seems far away, but let me take you to him. Like he's mm-hmm. actually right here and I'm going to surround you in my light and I'm going to surround you with everything you need to bring you up into his throne room. And that is Yeshua. Mm-hmm. And nobody is going to take that away from me. I don't mm-hmm. care what people say what people read to me, their interpretations of the scripture. I have had my Messiah lift my head to meet his eyes and lead me to the throne room of God. And it's just not up for question. It's not, it's not a, it's not a debate for me. Mm. That's good. If I may, I want to jump. It it says uh, um, a man with an experience is never at the mercy of a man with an argument. Mm. Yeah. When you've had an experience with the living God in the midst of scripture, it doesn't really matter what anybody else comes to you with. It's like, but I know what happened to me, David. 
I was, I was literally, you and me were thinking the exact same way. I was, I was going to jump on that, that whole, if you have an encounter, there is no question. Mm -hmm. That's what you, so if I'd like to let you wrap up your point, but I think that that's so important because I remember being thinking like, Oh, this, Oh, that I didn't see God in the scripture. I didn't see God in my life. But then if I just kept going further and I just kept to just God, please, please, please that moment of brokenness that Daniel's talking about. There he is. There he was. (laughs) Ryan, we're running out of time, man. I know. Right. Um, I was thinking, you know, like what you said, the, um, a man with experience, you know, say that again, Mike, a man with an experience is never at the mercy of a man with an argument. There you go. It really comes down to testimony. Scripture says we overcome by Mm. power of our testimony, right? Amen. Amen. So really for me, and and I know, know you can go and listen to my testimony. It's one of the episodes here. Yeah. That's really what it came down to was God showed up to me. So if for the listener that may be questioning whether God is real and the word is true, like I said before, ask him. Let him give you a testimony because mm-hmm. he will. I guarantee it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Guarantee guarantee it. I know he did for me. Yeah, you know, I just think I think all of us have found that God is not afraid of our questions. Yeah, He's pretty secure. Like you know, as far as as far as things go, like he he's not really insecure. He's not really afraid of an, a question. You know, he he kind of has it under control. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. The word testimony is, uh, of course, has the word test in it. Mm-hmm. It does. So don't be afraid to test him. Because out of te- you trying to test him will come your testimony. A little different way of looking at that thing. Oh, that's good. That's I good. like that. Yeah, yeah. So I got to remember that. Yeah, I, I do too. I just thought of it. <laughs> so <laughs> help me remember what I said, okay? Because, you know, I'm, I'm getting older. But uh, for so you that's why I got you guys there, around you know, so you can remind me what not I said. Saying to put, you know, he's not saying to put God to the test. You know, no. He's not saying that, you know, that they're not going against scripture here, you know, but pursue him in such a way like he's not afraid of you challenging him to for him to show you to him that's that's what you're saying just want to specify yeah, yeah last week's story <laughs> portion the, jacob the crazies out there yeah jacob's up on the temple mount it's yeah. he went to this place called Beit el and he said he says when i leave here and and you provide for me just bread and water and clothing then you know when we get back here you'll be my god too well, you know, look what he came back with. It was a whole lot more than just bread, water, and clothing. So, uh, hey, I, one one last thing. I've got to go because i got a, a prayer meeting to run tonight. But uh, if anybody's ever wondering, you know, does God really know what's going to happen, what's happening around us? Uh, i got to, here's, here's an assignment for you. Look at what's happening in the world today, and then go to 2 Timothy chapter 3 and read that chapter. And you tell me. Does God control, does he know what is going to happen upon this earth? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. But yeah. if he happened, if he knows what's going to happen on the earth, it's because he knows the people. One of them being each person that's living to that's that's listening to us right here. Understand this. Remember this. The words of Jeremiah that we close this program with out with. 
He has a plan for you. He has a future, not for evil, but for good, to give you life and a purpose and hope. So live your life on purpose. See you guys next week. Next week. You alone hear my every prayer. You're the God who's always